Uh, so the English translation of this film's Hungarian release title is Ex-Boyfriend Reloaded. Whoa! It sounds really dirty. That sounds like, um... Really dirty. It sounds like Keanu Reeves starring in a porno. Oh, it It's kind of like an oh action God. porno. Like Matrix Reloaded, but Ex-Boyfriend yeah. Reloaded? Exactly. Oh, gross. Yeah, that is totally what. Yeah, it's like a it's a Matrix porn parody. It is a porno. <laughs> Released yeah, now. That doesn't feel good. No, it doesn't. It's kind of gross. Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And I love rewatching movies over and over again. And I love romantic comedies. So this is a show where we re-watch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? Today we have The, the Bounty, Bounty Hunter. Hunter. And make sure you follow us on Spotify if that is where you are hearing us right now. That way you can stay updated on new episodes. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening to us. Also leave a review. We love to read those. And follow us on Instagram at Romcom Rewind. So The Bounty Hunter is directed by Andy Tennant. He's also responsible for Hitch, uh, Fool's Gold, It Takes Two even. I like Fool's Gold. It definitely reminds me of Fool's Gold, mm. now that you say that. But a better version. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the Bounty Hunter is a story of exes. We have our guy Milo, played by Gerard Butler. Woo-woo. He is a former police officer turned bounty hunter, and he ends up uh, getting a gig to track down a woman who skipped out on her bond. That woman happens to be, drumroll, his ex-wife, Nikki, played by Jennifer Aniston. Um, is it, where did you get Nikki from? Some people call her Nikki. Her full name is Nicole. Okay, because in the movie, all I heard was Nicole. I think Milo calls her Nikki. Interesting. You know what is going to be funny? There's going to be a clip somewhere in here. Of him he clearly says, saying, yeah, he's going to be yelling, Nikki! Just like that. <laughs> oh, just like that. Yeah. All right. Ridiculous continue. that I was even arrested in the first place. Hello, Nick. Yeah, but why didn't you show up to court today? Hi, Milo. Fancy meeting you here. Yeah. Fancy. I don't know what you're up to, but I'm working. Oh, working? Me too. I heard you got kicked off the force. What I do is I hunt down idiots who jump bail. You are a bounty hunter? Yep. As much as it pains me to say this, I gotta take you to jail. There you go. Uh, Nikki, or Nicole, <laughs> is a journalist who is working on a story about an alleged suicide that ends up being a murder. She thinks. she She's investigating this story, and she ends up skipping her bond hearing for a minor legal infraction, and her ex-husband, Milo, ends up being the guy raining on her parade. Like I said, he gets the gig to try and bring her to jail. What? What? How do we feel about this movie? So the movie was all right. I think I watched it when it first came out, um, and it was all right then, too. <laughs> And it continues to be all right. Yeah, just all right all around, you know? Um, I think I liked it better the first time uh, I watched it. Okay. Chaos, uh, you know, Chaos seems to follow him as a bounty hunter, and uh, she seems like a really good journalist, you know? She's really good at her job. And that's what you have about this, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Those are Sarah's opening thoughts? Yep. That's it, okay. This movie is, in my mind, the culmination of how romantic comedies just kind of remember when they just disappeared in the mid 2010s when they died yeah yeah because there are parts to this movie that are actually really good agreed and in fact there are two singular parts to this movie that i think are great those two parts are jennifer aniston 
and Gerard Butler. Fairly great together, not bad. The entire story, the jokes, everything surrounding them in this movie, not great. And they they kind of pull it along to like, ah, you know, it's not a bad watch because of them, though. Yeah, but I, I'm not sold, however, on their chemistry. Mm, like I, oh, I, I agree beg, with that. Okay, okay. Because I was going to say, I, I wasn't sold on their chemistry. And I think that was a big thing for me in the movie. I was going to talk about this later, but I can talk about it now. This, in my mind, is like the no-name version of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Like, instead of two super spies who just happen to be married to each other and happen to end up getting into a super spy fight or whatever against each other, and then they, they join forces against everyone else, instead of that, it's like an ex-husband who's now a, a bounty hunter and an ex-wife who's a journalist who end up hating each other and fighting and bickering the entire movie. The one thing missing for me is kind of exactly what you said. And it's that, like, do we ever really think that I, they actually loved each other? We never find out in the first place how they fell in love. So do you feel a connection throughout the movie as they're falling in love again? I didn't feel that seismic, whimsical, star-crossed, like, they yeah. need to end up together kind of love. Mm-hmm. And, like, we just we just rewatched Runaway Bride. Those two characters knew each other for, like, two weeks. But still, I was convinced, I believed... Oh, man, yeah, they they have to end up together. There was never that crazy, stupid love style like those two, even though they're divorced. that That's also a movie about two people who are divorced and going through divorced life. I always thought Cal Weaver was going to get back together with her. In this movie, I didn't really see it. So this movie starts out, the first real scene, we see Milo, Gerard Butler, and he is hunting a bounty. And we're kind of getting a glimpse into Milo's everyday life. It's President's Day, and he spots Oh Baby. He spots his bounty. Bingo. Jack Hey, Sam! Yeah, you, you ding-dong! This dude on 20-foot stilts in a President's Day parade. Question. Let's go through worst places to be. If you believe a bounty hunter may be looking for you. I'm going to put... um. On a bus near the top of the list, okay. Because well, you watch those you watch those bad police dramas, right? Yes, I and love so them. often people get on a boat uh, on a bus and they just they also radio. get on a boat, yeah, <laughs> both. But on a bus, you just radio ahead and you're like, hey, just tell the driver <laughs> to uh, stop, and then they show up on the bus like, oh no, how did this ever happen? It's because you're on a fucking bus, dude. What else belongs on the list? On a toilet. Mm, oh, you would not want to be in the bathroom. Well, That's, well, a bounty hunter's looking yeah, for you. Well, well, no. Well, a bounty hunter knows where you are, and he knows that you're in the bathroom. I would say the toilet one is better for zombie movies, because for whatever reason, zombies always show up in the toilet. You need to check each stall individually, you know? Oh, yes. I was thinking more Game of Thrones, like when Tywin Lannister's oh. on the toilet, uh, when Tyrion shoots him with a bow, because he can't go he anywhere. He's taking a shit. Yeah, 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 you can't go anywhere. You can't go anywhere. You're pooping. You're literally stuck <laughs> with your pants down. Isn't that such a conundrum? Like, oh, somebody's <laughs> about to kill me, but I'm taking a poop, and I can't really stop that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's happening. It's happening. Oh, no. I'm also yeah. going to throw... Um, don't go on a stage. Like, remember uh, in Zoolander when Derek Zoolander, I'm pretty sure there's a scene where he needs to take the stage, but he also knows someone's trying to kill him. Oh, yeah, the worst. That would be the worst. And he just does like, oh, I got to do what I got to do, guys. I got to get out there. And it's like, but, but like, everybody can see you. You're in the worst place to go. All of those, in my opinion, slightly pale in comparison to being 
in a parade. Like, don't forget, this person was not a viewer at a parade. He was on stilts as a part of the President's Day parade. But in my, like, my thought is that he could see him coming from a, literally a mile away. <laughs> the, the dude on the stilts? <laughs> yeah. So you'd know that he's coming after you. So you definitely have a really good head start, especially if you're on 20-foot stilts. Like, you are motoring down. Do you think you can go faster yes. on stilts? No. <laughs> but I think you have a good no. chance to start and get a good head start. You, you would need to get a good head start because you can't run that fast, man. Well, you're, you're a mile ahead of him, so keep it up. <laughs> Okay, so Nicole gets a tip from her CI, Jimmy. Her CI. Yeah, her um, confidential informant. Oh, here's those bad police dramas coming back. They're really good police dramas, <laughs> and yes, I watched too many of them. Um, and she's and he says that she needs to be there in 30 minutes, 500 bucks cash, or he's selling the info to somebody else. So at that same exact time she needs to be to meet her CI, Jimmy, she is supposed to be in court. So she doesn't show up in the courtroom. She misses her hearing and is now on bail. Her bail is revoked and a bench warrant is ordered for her arrest. All while she's trying to make it there to meet her CI, her CI is kidnapped. And so the case continues. This, in my mind, was kind of the catalyst for the entire movie. Yes. Because her missing that bond hearing is the way that Milo finds out about this gig. That That's the reason why she's in... It's the entire plot... Of the movie. <laughs> if you don't want to watch the whole movie, just watch that scene. And that's basically it. You, you get the gist of the movie. Watch that scene and then watch the, the chase scene the at the, scene. the racetrack. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. the end scene. Yeah. <laughs> the, that's all you got to watch in this movie. There's a warrant for her arrest. He gets the bond to go and collect his bounty, which is her. Um, so, yeah, he gets the assignment. Definitely puts some pep in his step. He thinks it's going to be a five, uh, sorry, he thinks it's going to be a, a quick $5,000 to pick her up. That's all she's worth. Um, <laughs> breaks into her apartment and throws her toothbrush in the toilet, goes on the PVR and deletes all of her shows she taped, muddies the rug, eats in bed. Very, very disgusting things. Top five things that you'd hate that your significant other would do if Ooh. in the house, just in general. Your, your doesn't have ex-significant to, other. What would be disgusting in your house? Yeah, for for somebody to do yeah. the right house. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I mean the toothbrush thing. I mean, how many times have you been at a party and somebody's like, "Yo, let's let's Colin's toothbrush." Zero. So What's really? Please dive into that for me. You've what never do you mean? been somewhere and so like like I'm not talking now. I'm talking in college or like a no. high school. No. No. Okay. Boys are disgusting. Clearly. <laughs> and we I don't know if I've ever I, I know I've never done it. Oh, I nice know I've been at parties and somebody's mentioned, hey, Andrew was kind of a dick in class this week. Let's fuck <laughs> up his toothbrush. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's what boys are ridiculous. Boys are disgusting things. So for me, um, it's eats in bed. I what? Can't stand. Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna open the door right now. Our dog is on our bed. How is the dog tracking dirt into the bed okay, just, but Doritos not okay? Oh, because there's crumbs, and I can't- There's dirt! I don't want to roll around in crumbs all night. There's oh. dirt! Do you want to roll around in dirt that she's tracking into the bed? They're finer grain. Oh my god! <laughs> Doritos, they crunch too. I'm a very protective person about chocolate. Oh god, yes. Like if there's is. chocolate in the house- He'll hunt it down. I gots to have it. Very recently, we had uh, just one or two friends over, and one of them, our friend Erica, happened upon, um, I, like, I put, like, a big 
friggin' like a pound of chocolate in one of our drawers just to kind of get away. Get, this get is, it away from this me. This is how big his chocolate obsession is. Well, somebody gave it to me and now I need to hide it on myself. You loved it. Don't Anyways, lie. Erica was over. I'm full on name dropping her and shaming her. She found that <laughs> chocolate and she started eating it. Yeah, she, she actually offered you some. Of my own <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> That would be one of my biggest pet peeves. And actually, it it literally happened. If somebody came into my house, put... Okay, here, here's all of it. All if right. they put our dog on our bed, strike one. I fucked around with my toothbrush, strike two. And then if they ate my chocolate, done. Whoa, we're fighting. Stuart, in this movie, is a weird creep. I've nicknamed him for this movie, Creepy Stuart. Um, he wants to help Nicole because he thinks it would solidify the thing that they have, which is nothing. Well, they, they kissed at a Christmas no, party. No, they one don't time. have anything. Oh. <laughs> He's creepy in this movie. He shows up in the bathroom stall when she's making a mm, phone call. Yeah. I mean, she's trying to pee, like, let's be honest, and make a call. I'm sure she did that, you know, all in the same. You know, time she was in the washroom. Certainly, he's there the whole time. He is so creepy, creepy Stewart. He, yeah, no, you, you, you are right about that, Stewart. And it's tough because there are a few jokes he made that I'm like, ha, that's kind of funny. But then you also feel bad joking about it because I think he really symbolizes how society has changed in a good way to the point where, like, you know, if you hit on a girl and she says no, thank you, yeah, then that should be the end of it. And creepy <clears throat> Stewart. Does not do that. He just continuously yep. annoys and bothers her. And it's like, you know, that's not cool. And you, you probably can't have a character like that in a movie without some tweaking. So is there any creeper who tops him? Oh, certainly. For you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, who? Will Ferrell's character in The Wedding Crashers. Oh my God, yes. Because remember oh. Vince Vaughn's character and Owen Wilson's character? They crash weddings, yep. but there was one original. One of them goes back to see Will Ferrell. And they're oh, like, hey, man, what's going on? Yeah, I don't remember which one. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, hey, man, what's going on? And he's like, dude, newest thing, you crash funerals. There are ladies who are grieving and you swoop in there. It's great. He's definitely creepier. Super creepier. So they go to Atlantic City in this because Nicole offers him 500 bucks and says, let me go. I'll give you 500 bucks. And then she tries to convince him to go to the casino and says, you can make the five grand that you would make. You would make bringing me in at the casino if we go to Atlantic City. So even though bringing her in, he has a guaranteed $5,000. Oh, of course you're not going to. You're, you're going to double that money. He instead wants to test Lady Luck and takes her 500 bucks, goes and tries to win at the casino. Turns out he can make some cash, turns the 500 bucks into 8000 which is awesome. But then Jennifer Aniston leaves. Nikki Nikki gets out of there. Nikki gets out of there, swiftly down goes swiftly down the drain, gets greedy, loses his luck. Okay, so Lady Luck. So do you believe in Lady Luck? I don't really believe in Lady Luck. I believe in superstition. Like, um when my family, like my parents and I used to watch like a hockey game if somebody left and our team scored. They wouldn't be allowed in because, like, clearly our <laughs> team plays better when they are not in the same room. Or like pants, don't you don't you have clothes that it's like mm. Those jeans, good things happen to me when I'm wearing those jeans. Yes. I think I have like a few pairs of like stuff I used to wear during sports where I'd be like, we won in that game. Like we won that game. I'm going to wear those again so that we win again. And then we would win like a city championship and it'd be like, yeah, because it was those pants. Oh and it my was God. like, are you like one of those hockey guys who has the same jock strap for like 20 years? That is disgusting. Right? Maybe I'm similar to them when they like 
grow like a playoff beard or like when they dye their hair. Well, you for grow the playoffs. a playoff beard? No, I don't. But it's like the what? same thing for pants. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Nothing to do with the beard. I don't grow a beard. <laughs> oh, man. So she makes her getaway and hitches a ride. She finds a 17-year-old kid driving a rickshaw or mm. or cycling on a rickshaw. Anyway, um, she hops in with him and she realizes that she has no money with her, that she spent it all giving it, giving the 500 bucks to Milo. And he said that he'll take payment in the form of boobs. Is this real life? Like, do you think that this is, is something that would happen? Well, are we, are we talking about the monopoly on boobs? Because I think um, like payment, payment in form of boobs, payment in boobage? form form of boobs, yeah. Because I mean, like Mardi Gras value of boobs very oh, very yeah, low. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's showing count. everybody boobs. The price of boobs is beads. That's it. Yeah, that doesn't count though. Mardi Gras, everybody knows everybody <laughs> shows their boobs there. Everyday life. I mean, okay. Scenario, Sarah. You are. In Atlantic City, <laughs> a bounty hunter, not Gerard Butler, because I think you would let him catch you. A different, <laughs> less attractive I bounty would. hunter is on your tail, and some kid is like, show me your boobs, and I'll, I'll get you out of here. And I have no money. You have no money. Yeah, I would, uh, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. Exactly. Probably, Probably one initially, and then like I'd save the other for like final payment. Right, right. <laughs> Half now, half later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some up front, some for later. You know, <laughs> got to yeah. save something. Save the intrigue. So he catches her again does, yeah. in his blue boat of a car. Because all of the people that Milo ever chases after are either on stilts or like driving a rickshaw. Yeah, because right, cycling a rickshaw. Yes, because um, Jennifer Aniston or Nicole is too good to show boobage right, to the kid, the kid. <laughs> boobs, yeah. so she steals the rickshaw from him and is cycling on the highway which is ridiculous because she would get nowhere fast and he catches her and then they're on the case together well he doesn't believe her and then they get followed by the pickup truck right yeah yeah so the guy in the pickup truck almost kills them they find a set of golf clubs in the back of his truck it belongs to some country club. So they go to a country club, almost run over a caddy, crash into the lake. The caddy points them in the direction of some tattoo parlor. But at the same time, they get a call from their friend who's a cop telling them to get off the road. We have suspicions about this cop friend. It's kind of sus. Yes. But they get off the road anyway, and they head back to Cupid's cabin. Yeah. Again, chaos happens. I feel the middle of part of this movie was very long. And I'll be honest. I don't really know what happens um, after this, like after Cupid's Cabin, until just before the end of the movie. Why don't you know what happens? Um, because I lost interest um, and I started playing games on my phone. What? I do know, though, that she didn't hit another car. She actually hit a police horse. From that point on, for about 20 minutes or so, I um, I lost interest For in the it. first time in rom-com rewind history. I know. It's really Sarah bad. did not finish the movie, or you did? You well, just I did stopped finish watching? it. I stopped watching it for a little bit. I mean, it was still on. It was in the background of me playing my games <laughs> on my phone. That doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. you're going to have to fill me in a little bit, because I don't know what happened. Ooh. You know what? My best scene is in that section. And then what? The movie ends with him bringing her in, but then getting himself arrested so that they can spend the night yes, in jail together. They can be what together. How adorable! It's a special night, remember? There's no way we're not spending it together. <laughs> can we go in the same cell together? Here's Tom Dick. I'm going. 
to a very toxic, self-destructive couple. I think having her investigating a case saved this movie. Otherwise, there really wouldn't have been much substance to it at all. Like, it would have been Milo chasing Nicole the entire movie. Like, nothing else would have happened. What, um... It would have been really boring, even more boring than it was. Do you remember the dad from Modern Family? Which one? Like, the the old dad. Yeah, yeah. So he was on a show back in, like, the early 90s, late 80s, Mm -hmm. married with children yes or married with children and the whole premise of the show is that he just despises his wife they they fucking hate <laughs> yes, each other yes. without that premise this movie would be that show it would be like, a man chasing woman a man chasing a woman he hates yeah that's yeah it. that is the premise of that's what it would be called do you think jennifer aniston deserves a redo on a few things i'm gonna use the rest of this podcast and the movie the bounty hunter to lay out the case for Jennifer Aniston needs to be given more cool romantic comedy roles because I think she got screwed out of them and I think we got robbed of seeing her in a genuine, like a perfect, nostalgic romantic comedy. Like what? Oh, not convinced. That's okay. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not I'm going to convince you. I like Jennifer Aniston. I mean, I think... I think she was doing Friends for a long time. And I think maybe during that time she could have landed a really big rom-com because that was the height of it all, right? When they were doing early 90s, late 90s, early 2000s. I think she could have gotten something then, but I don't don't know. I think she was pigeonholed when she was doing Friends as like kind of the ditzy friend. Oh, for sure. So Julia Roberts is a great example. Are you going to compare the two? Do you know how far apart they are on age? Because right away you think, oh, Julia Roberts. No, I think they're pretty similar. They're one year apart. Yeah. Julia Roberts, my best friend's wedding. Pretty woman, Notting Hill, runaway bride. Four quintessential, like these are on the hierarchy of best romantic comedies of all time. They're all somewhere on the list. And like you said, Jen was doing Friends, I think, for all those movies. But what does Jen get? She gets Just Go With It with Adam Sandler. Oh, yeah. In fact, Actually, I liked that movie. It but... wasn't bad, but like, like even just the comparison of she's done multiple movies with Adam Sandler <laughs> and Julia Roberts has done multiple movies with Richard Gere doesn't seem fair. Like, you're going to get to make out with Adam Sandler and you're going to get to make out with Richard Gere. Disparity there. I don't think they're... <sighs> Even in the same category. Hey, I'll continue. He's just not that into you. Which is, it, it's really great, although she's like the 10th actor in it. She's yeah. not a major part of it. She's the co-worker. She's also in Along Came Polly. She's in The Breakup. She gets Vince Vaughn. Yeah, oh, that was a really sad rom-com. No, I think she gets some good rom-coms. But, I mean, those are- Later go- on. Along Came Polly is surprisingly good. She gets Marley and Me. Oh, God, yes, that was sad She too. acted fantastic in that. Yeah. And it's a, the dog, spoiler alert, the entire premise is that the dog dies. That's not a fun romance. Still, though, I will not rest until Jennifer Aniston gets a legitimately great romantic comedy role. That is my purpose for the rest of this podcast. I'd also like to think, though, that this movie, The Bounty Hunter, although it was slightly lackluster, I think we can agree, it did also kind of lead to her doing stuff like Horrible Bosses. I Okay, yes, she was 
awesome. And she was amazing bosses. in it. Totally underrated. Yeah. Like she was hilarious. And she was also in We Are the Millers. Okay. I love We Are the Millers. Yeah. If you have not seen that movie, that is an awesome movie. Mm. That's so funny. Those movies came out back to back right after this. Also, both of them feature Jason Sudeikis. I love Jason So I think Sudeikis. there was some kind of connection there. Maybe yeah. they were like, oh, these two are doing The Bounty Hunter. They like it with each other. So let's, I don't know how the casting happened, but it's interesting that they did three movies all in a row, like year after year, Mm -hmm. together in some capacity. Quick facts. Hey, quick facts. Let's do it. Sarah Jessica Parker was considered for the role of uh, playing Nicole. I could see that. Yeah, I could totally see that. I think it's similar. It reminds me of uh, Failure to Launch, which which has Sarah Jessica Parker. The movie reminds me of that. Like... Obviously not the same plot, and they're not bounty hunters and and whatnot, but it's the same kind of... It's got a vibe. ...feeling. Yeah, Yeah, it definitely has a similar vibe. Uh, So the English translation of this film's Hungarian release title is Ex-Boyfriend Reloaded. Whoa! It sounds really dirty. That sounds like... um, Really dirty. It sounds like Keanu Reeves starring in a porno. Oh, it's kind of like an action porno. Like Matrix Reloaded, but X Boy Reloaded. Exactly. Oh, gross. Yeah, that is totally what. Yeah, it's like a a Matrix porn parody. It is a porno. (laughs) (laughs) Released now. That doesn't feel good. No, it doesn't. (laughs) It's kind of gross. So the producer, Neil Mortiz, and the director, Andy Tennant, are neighbors in real life. Uh, So one day they were chatting over their fence, and the producer, Mortiz asked the director, Tennant, if he was working on anything. And in his reply of saying no, this is where Mortiz realized that his neighbor would be perfect to direct his next screenplay, The Bounty Hunter. <laughs> like Wilson in Tool. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> oh, what was that show called? I was going to say Tool Time, but that's the fictional show that is inside the, fictional, the show. That's like the show within the show. Yeah. Tim the Toolman Taylor. Is that it? I think that's the show, but I like it. We'll <laughs> go with that. Best scene. Hey, best scenes. I, I mean, I've got two. I like the racetrack scene where he first sees Nikki and they start chasing each other down. But that's also my what should have been in a weird way. So I'll get back to that. Okay. Um, the nightclub scene, though. Oh, Actually, yeah. you do you know about this? Because this happened yes. in that <laughs> realm of maybe I'm on my phone, maybe I'm watching. We don't know. Yeah. So like, I I I remember like tuning in when I saw all the money flying in the air, and then um, when they were on a really old school cell phone. <laughs> That's all you know about this. Well, yes. So they're in a nightclub. Um, the people who are chasing Milo for money, they capture Nikki. And he calls her cell phone, the big one, and ta- talks to these guys and basically arranges like, yeah, I'll be there in 40 minutes with the money. Just don't hurt her. And then they give her back the phone and he reveals, yo, I'm here right now. I'm in the building. Don't look around. Just go to the washroom right now. And then he, he throws money on the strippers and, you know, chaos ensues and he gets Nikki out of there. And I kind of felt like this might be an unpopular opinion. For most of the movie, Milo is kind of an attractive asshole who may or may not be incompetent at his job. And that was the first moment of like, oh, yeah, he, he does kind of know what he's doing. Like, maybe he's actually sort of good at this if he tries. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was good for as a bounty hunter. Like I said, like at the beginning of the of the podcast, like he's a pretty good bounty hunter. He's a pretty good journalist. They're they're pretty okay at their jobs. Everything is perfectly adequate in this movie. I mean, 
He probably like didn't have to set things on fire or like oh my god create so much chaos as he's doing his bounty hunting. The chaotic force that is Milo is actually my what should have been. So I will dive oh, deeply okay, into yes. all that in a moment. Okay. So my best scene is, like I said, Nicole's investigating a case or a suicide. Um, her mother calls her, who is at a spa. Nicole, she's on the rooftop. And Nicole asks her if she were going to jump off a building, would she want to jump off the side with the trees on the way down or on the other side, which is a straight shot to the cement? Kitty, Nicole's mom, says the trees would certainly be pretty on the way down, but the trees could break your fall and you could end up as a vegetable. And Kitty didn't think that she could take that on right now. (laughs) She was good for those those kind of like little quips. She is a performer in the majority of the things that she was in. Yeah, well, okay, we had Mamma Mia. She was a performer in Mamma Mia. She was a performer in Chicago. Oh, she was in Chicago. Yeah, and I mean, maybe she's a performer in The Good Fight. I don't know. I've never (laughs) seen it. It's funny that they make her a performer in this, except she never actually physically performs. We just know that she's a performer. You're right. She never actually does. She's just all very dolled up and usually standing on a stage. She's just on stage all the time. Yo, that's, who is pigeonholed more than her? Like, we're going to make you a performer. Oh, you would like me to sing? No. No, we just feel like you have that vibe from like yeah. you being a performer and every other thing you do ever. So Honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. That's right. So my honorable mention, I have two this week. Uh, so five things you didn't know about a bounty hunter. Oh, okay. Okay. So number one, Bounty Hunter is not the preferred name for this profession anymore. It is now a fugitive recovery agent. Oh, shut up. Or a bail enforcement agent. No, no, that's stupid. If I feel like it's pretty legit. Okay, I used to work for... um... I used to work for a lawn mowing company and I would mow lawns. And on my resume, I put lawn maintenance specialist. No, I was not a lawn maintenance specialist. Well, you technically I were. mowed lawn. No, I wasn't. That's you a lie. Ma- you maintained the person's lawn. If you work at Subway, you are not a sandwich artist. You just make sandwiches. I feel like it makes them sound um, like like a superhero or something, like fugitive recovery agent. The, oh, fugitive. Yeah, it does. Right? You're not a fugitive recovery agent. Stop it. Well, You're they, a bounty hunter. They are, though. They're recovering fugitives and their agents stop trying to to win this with reason sarah anywho some fugitive recovery agents have more authority to arrest fugitives than police officers more authority so it all depends on the state that though, seems fucked up that they're operating in <laughs> and the <laughs> state's laws three bounty hunters um, they're not allowed uh, to bring home fugitives, dead or alive. So you know how science oh, used to say, like, I would hope so. Wanted, dead or alive. <laughs> yeah. They must be alive and not roughed up at all. So they can't have any like scratches or bruises or even like broken bones. It won't be accepted by the justice system. And if they've been roughed up at all, they won't be sent to jail because of legal liabilities. Four, uh, most fugitive recovery agents uh, have badges. Oh, yeah. Milo had a badge in this. Yeah. So that everyone around them, like the public, fugitives themselves, and obviously like police officers, et cetera, know who they are when they're trying to run after their fugitive. And number five, in 1873, um, broad authority for bounty hunters in the U.S. was made uh, available by the Supreme Court in the case of Taylor and Tainter. 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 Oh, yeah. no. Um, it gave <laughs> wait, bounty hunters. Wait, 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 wait. Which one was Taylor? Which one was Tainter? I Tainter, worst. 
I apologize, but we're going to make fun of that last name a little I'm not bit. not sure. Because if Tainter was the I, first bounty hunter, I don't they've know. officially hit rock bottom for me now. I feel like I don't know. Oh. Uh, oh, so God. it gave bounty hunters uh, to act as bail bondsmen and arrest fugitives who have skipped out on bail and gave them permission to chase fugitives into other states and Ooh. even into their homes. Jesus. Yeah. My honorable mention is Jennifer Aniston running in heels once again ladies and gentlemen give her a good romantic comedy but yeah, she, she can run in heels hey, that's the reason why it's, you it's give one her of the many rom-com. reasons she is in heels for i eyeballed it maybe about a hundred percent of this movie she's in heels and she runs a lot like there's a chase sequence at the racetrack you want to make a break for it i will give you a 10 second head start for old time's sake i am an adult milo 10 I- Nine. Do you really think that I eight, would? Eight. Seven. Milo is kind of playing this game with Nicole where she runs away and he keeps on catching her. And like just the fact that that entire sequence, she is running properly and quickly in heels, that should be a victory. Like even just think about the filming process for this. Like every scene that we see, they do like 25 takes of that at least. So she was running. In heels for like five days straight. She'd have um, calves of steel. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. I think if you watch, she kind of does. Like for me, I guess like if I were in that position, like in real life, if I was a journalist on the case, I would (laughs) probably not (laughs) not wear heels if I was going out into the field. That's a good point. You know, I would probably wear like a nice sensible running shoe. (laughs) So practical. (laughs) Hey. Jennifer Aniston, rom-com royalty in the future. I guess she makes it work. I'm going to give you five Bounty Hunter movies, and I'm going to ask you to rank them. Okay. We have The Bounty Hunter, The Magnificent Seven, The Hateful Eight, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Smoke and Aces. Guardians of the Galaxy, because Peter Quill is technically a bounty hunter. He is. Yeah. Star-Lord. Star-Lord. Guardians of the Galaxy, just for the, I mean, such a heartwarming movie, the first one at least. I love it. But also, it it wins just on account of the soundtrack alone. For sure it does. Hateful Eight? Okay. This might be an unpopular opinion. I didn't love it. Oh. You know what? I I liked it, but as far as Quentin Tarantino movies go, there are some that I've loved, and this one I was like, oh, that's... That's good. Yeah. It wasn't amazing. Didn't blow you away. It didn't blow me away the way the way some Quentin Tarantino movies do. Smoke and Aces, that's tough cuz like That's the, a good one. The first time I watched it, I loved it, and then the second time I'm like this is just madness. <laughs> it's so chaotic. Um feel like it was a good movie for Ryan Reynolds though. So I'm going to put that at 2. Like Ryan Reynolds showed some depth all of a sudden. We've got Ari from Entourage in there too. He's fun. Hateful Eight comes third. Okay. And then I can't even remember the last two. Bounty Hunter and Magnificent Seven. Oh, oh, the movie we're doing. Yes, right, the right, movie right. We're doing. That's going to come and... forth and Magnificent Seven, I genuinely don't care about. Okay. Like, are we talking the remake or the original? Uh, the remake, I uh, was thinking. Doesn't matter. Okay. What should have been? What should have been? My what should have been is that this movie should have been a total of two scenes. It should have been Milo doing something illegal. And then Milo going to jail for doing that illegal thing because the amount of time that he casually breaks the law in this movie is wild. Milo captures Nikki at the racetrack. When she tries to escape to a cabbie, he pulls his gun on her and she says, are you going to shoot me, Milo? Or something like that. What? You're going to shoot me? Nope. I'm going to shoot a cab driver. What? 
and he starts no, pointing he his gun at all the cabbies. Well, I mean, it feels <laughs> I think it is. Yes, highly, highly. Uh, he's involved in a in an armed high speed chase with that pickup truck. He fires multiple rounds out of his moving vehicle to another moving vehicle around civilians. Yeah, that feels illegal in some way. He also causes that vehicle to crash, and then he leaves the scene. Feels like a hit and run, or a, yeah, leaving the scene of a some. There's something there. He steals a vehicle at the Airbnb, posing as the valet. He breaks into a police warehouse by assaulting a police officer. How is it that Nikki is out on bail for brushing a mounted police horse with her car, and yet Milo is literally just walking around, living his life, punching every single cop he sees? Like, he's living his life like Grand Theft Auto. He just punches a cop, leaves an area, eventually the police <laughs> forget everything happens. Yes, that it is It is like he is in Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. My what should have been uh, is the mom kitty mm. should have ended up with creepy weird Stuart. Oh, yeah. I, I, I can get behind yeah. it. Like, I think she's totally up for fun. Um, and I think creepy Stuart needs some love in his life. Do you know, um, if you Wikipedia this movie... Do you know the the description for Nicole's mom? No, what? It says Nicole's caring but perverted and vain mother. <laughs> it says perverted? <laughs> yeah, kitty. Oh, well then I think they're perfect for each other. Yeah, cuz she you know what? She Don't forget, I mean you might have missed this cuz it happened in Cupid's Cabin. Oh my God. But she actually when Nikki kind of feels like, "Oh, I'm like Milo and I might do it." Kitty says, "Hey, grab a picture of his ass for me." <laughs> Just just think about that like you are asking your daughter to take a picture of her ex's ass. Very inappropriate. For your own personal, I can only imagine what. Yeah. That's weird. That is weird. That's super weird. Yeah. So weird kitty and creepy Stuart should yeah. end up together. They should. There's factor. There's factor. We have Milo. Gerard Butler. What do you give him? I give him 7.7. So like I have to make sure that, you know, they're they're consistent across the board of all the other ratings that I've given in the movies so far. Oh, so you're thinking about past rating. Like, like who's your highest rating? Ryan Gosling with oh, a crazy stupid big love. old 10. Oh, big old 10. Do you remember you gave him a 10? Yeah. I Yes. In any movie he's in, he's a 10. So Milo gets a 7.7 because of this. Yeah, I think so. Like you got to, you got to. Make sure that you're consistent. I think I we think. should do something on Instagram where we just go through your past ratings, Oof. put them up on Instagram, and decide if people agree with that or I not. I mean, in this movie, I'm trying to be consistent. Hopefully, I've been consistent across the board, because <laughs> that would be real bad. I will say there's one thing just about every Gerard Butler movie, aside from 300, but I think he actually oh, had a bodysuit yeah. for that. I don't think those were real ads. Really? Yeah, that was a big thing, how like a lot of the guys had like a, mm. uh, a thing on. But I like that he's actually not always... Like Ryan Gosling in Crazy Stupid Love, dude is chiseled, but it's chiseled to the point that, like, as a male looking at another male, I'm like, that asshole's eating like chicken. Unatta- unattainable. He- he's eating chicken and spinach every day for five months to make that happen. Yeah. Whereas Gerard Butler, like, there's. The dad bod. I mean, it's not super dad bod, but there's a little bit of chunk that it's like, ah, he likes a beer and a hamburger every now and then. But you know what, though? Like, I really like Gerard Butler. Like, I think he's very attractive. Just that's that's it, great for men everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but you still gave Ryan Gosling a 10. Yes, because Ryan Gosling is a 10. Uh, Jennifer Aniston. I'm going to give her a future 10. 
She's not a 10 in this movie, but okay. in the future romantic comedy that, that Hollywood's going to make. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of this. Yeah. This is the Jennifer Aniston watch. It's the watch <laughs> for the movie she's going to be in that we're going to rewatch. It's the rom-com rewind watch rewatch <laughs> for Jennifer Aniston. For Jennifer Aniston, yes. So yeah, a future 10 for, okay. for her. Okay, all right. Tentatively. All right, all right. And rewatchability. A five. You know what's funny about that number? Is that it? I think it really does work because only fifty percent of the hosts <laughs> of this show finish the entire movie. Uh, That's some shade. Yeah, yeah, I know it's thrown. I caught it. I mean, I need to give it more just because I actually watched the whole thing. Yeah, I'm gonna give it like a six. Jennifer Aniston and Gerard Butler—they're good together. I never felt the chemistry, mm-hmm. but I feel like they could have chemistry with a better script. Yeah, with a I, better, with a better I would agree. Really. I think that they could, yeah, with a better script and just like, yeah, a better plot, maybe. This has been the Rom-Com Rewind of The Bounty Hunter. Make sure if you are listening to us right now on Spotify, give us a follow so that you're updated on new episodes. Um, feel free to dive back into our catalog. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts if that is where you are listening to us as well. Leave a review and follow us on Instagram at Rom-Com Rewind. Thanks for listening. 